0: Welcome to LB Extras, the Los Angeles Angels edition. I am Allison Footer, and I'm here with Maria Gardato, who covers the Angels, of course, every day for MLB.com. Okay, Maria, we had some breaking news. The Angels made a trade for Tommy La from the Cubs, which is a pretty big name, given that he was a contributor to their World Series championship team. So what can you tell us about that deal?
1: Yeah, so the Angels acquired him in exchange, really, for just a player to be named later or cash considerations. So they didn't really have to you know, give up any major assets and, and getting Listella, who I guess was viewed as a non-tender candidate for the Cubs. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Angels, um, I think it really just adds kind of this uh, veteran uh, infield option to the Angels, who aside from Angelton Simmons and kind of Zach Cozart, who's coming off injury, haven't really, don't really have a bunch of set pieces in their infield. They're kind of like relying on a lot of young players who could potentially step up, most notably Taylor Ward, David Fletcher, Luis Ranjifo potentially. So I think adding, bringing a guy like Stella into this mix kind of gives them a nice, uh, gives them a bit of coverage really to kind of guard against, you know, injuries or kind of ineffectiveness from a lot of these youngsters. So I think it's a good ad. Um, you know, Lestella didn't have an, amazing offensive uh year last year but he was actually really great as a pinch hitter he kind of led the majors in hits uh and batting average so i think that that's another area where he could be a big asset for the angels moving forward um so yeah i mean it's it, just given the fact that they made the move i think it's pretty obvious that they're going to tender him a contract ahead of friday's deadline so yeah i think it, overall it seems like a, it makes sense uh so i think it's a, it's a good addition for the angels
0: Yeah. So when it comes to, this is why there's kind of last minute deals that are made right before the uh, deadline to tender contracts. So you have somebody who's not actually going to make that much in arbitration. Um, So I don't think it was really like cost prohibitive from the cup standpoint to have him on their roster. But what happens is when they know that there's maybe not a place for him um, and instead of just letting him go, like non-tendering him, they kind of put out the feelers to see if they can make some kind of deal. And then that kind of, that also ensures that the Angels who had a deep desire to have him, they don't have to then wait for him to be non-tender and then just compete against everybody else to try to get his services. So that's kind of, I guess, I'm just trying to explain a little bit in layman's terms why we see kind of a flurry of, flurry of deals right before the trade deadline, or I'm sorry, right before the non-tender deadline.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, Billy Upler's pretty opportunistic when it comes to, got, you know, taking advantage of when teams are kind of looking to to clear their rosters and kind of making a lot of uh, you know, pretty good moves uh, and, and trying to kind of get these guys and turn them into productive members of the organization. So he has a pretty good track record with this, especially when it comes to pitchers. So hopefully uh, it'll be the same with LaStella.
0: With the non-tender deadline quickly approaching us, I guess that's uh, the thing that we should probably keep our eye on the most with the Angels. Um, there's probably some no-brainers in there as in terms of guys that they're going to, to give contracts to and that want back, but there's a couple that they have to make decisions on. Um, where, what's your view on on those on those two uh, two pitchers?
1: Yeah, so I guess just just for an overview, the Angels have nine guys who are arbitration eligible this year. Just to run through them real quick, They're Matt Shoemaker, Tyler Skaggs. Blake Parker, Andrew Heaney, J.C. Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, or Jose Alvarez, sorry, Cam and Nick Tropieto, and Hansel Robles. And of that group, I think the majority of them are probably going to end up being tendered, but two of them, as you kind of alluded to, uh, Shoemaker and Ramirez, I think, in my view, are, are kind of in danger of being. Uh, non tendered, which is basically, you know, if, if a team decides to non tender a player, they essentially become free agents, they kind of cut ties with them completely. Um, and I think the reason that Shoemaker is kind of viewed as a non tender candidate is just the fact that he has really struggled to stay healthy over the last two years. Um, You know, he's really struggled with, he struggled with a right forearm injury, which basically kept him on the disabled list for all of 2018. Um, He was able to come back uh, in September and make about six starts, but the results that he posted were kind of mixed. So I think that even though the Angels are pretty confident that he's now kind of past those health issues and is healthy, there are some questions about whether he can still kind of be an effective starter for them. Um, and you know, his, his salary is going to go up to 4.3 million as projected by MLB trade rumors next year. So I think that there's kind of this debate going on whether they should kind of continue to gamble on him, um, and count him as part of the rotation or whether they're kind of just better off, uh, parting ways with him, um, and kind of, you know, allocating, you know, the money that they would spend on the salary towards other, other needs. So that's kind of the, you know, the, the question that the Angels are faced with and they'll we'll have to resolve uh, before Friday. Um, with Ramirez, uh, the, I guess the tricky part with him is that he's currently rehabbing from Tommy John surgery. Um, you know, he won't be available to pitch until, you know, maybe late May at the earliest next year. So, and he's kind of due to, to earn $1.9 million next year. So I think the, the question there is is whether the Angels kind of are, are willing to take that on. You know, it's not a huge amount of money and the grand scheme of things, but at the same time, there are some questions about Ramirez's durability. He used to be exclusively a reliever until the Angels made him a starter, and then he ended up, uh, you know, suffering that elbow injury. So, you know, it's 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 in question of whether he his body can kind of sustain that work that starter's workload. So, he obviously has less value as a reliever than as a starter to them. So, I think that those two guys are the other ones that you know could potentially uh, be non-tendered on Friday.
0: I guess the Angels are in a little bit of a different situation in terms of that those those decisions would seem to be kind of easy if it was another organization. But then they also have to take into consideration how injury-prone the guys that they are going to have on their roster uh, tend to be. And and that, you know, possibly cutting ties with somebody, um, it, just, it, it just seems like they're always, like, kind of walking this tightrope with their pitching because so many guys get hurt that it almost seems – a little risky to even let guys go from the organization that already have proven to be injury prone.
1: Yeah, I can really agree. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's interesting because you know, the, the angels, their biggest need really is starting pitching. So it, it does seem kind of strange to, to see them potentially let go of some of that. But yeah, I mean, I think that they've just had kind of this long history of, of you know, seeing guys not be available to pitch because they've been injured and uh, you know, Shoemaker and Ramirez and kind of have these track records of injuries that are kind of, you know, kind of put into question. You know, what they're going to be able to give to this team next year. So, yeah, I mean, I think it all just, just you know, plays into you know the, you know their roster construction and you know I think the fact that they're probably going to add some starting pitching also would make it more you know palatable to potentially you know part with some of these guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm interested to see you know how they end up approaching approaching these these two guys specifically.
0: Moving on to the Rule 5 draft, the Angels, of course, set their roster, as every team did, in in anticipation of the Rule 5 draft, which will take place the last day of the Winter Meetings, which is Thursday of the week of the Winter Meetings. Um, So they... The Angels had quite a few players that they needed to protect and quite a few decisions to be made on players that they may or may not want to protect. So are there a couple out there that you see that could possibly be selected by other teams?
1: Yeah, I think the 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 so the, the Angels only chose to protect three guys, which was um, a little surprising in that they had um, kind of this big pool of guys that they could have chosen to add to their 40-man roster, which I think is actually... A good thing, and that reflect that it, f- it reflects the overall improvement of the Angels farm system, which was actually not that impressive, you know, just a couple of years ago. Um, but I think they were in a bit of a forty-man roster crunch, so they actually only added three guys, which is Luis, Luis Rengifo, uh, Jose Suarez, and Luis Madero, who was actually quite surprising because he has not pitched above A-ball, um, so. Uh, you know, usually those guys aren't selected by other teams in the Rule 5 draft because it's kind of hard to see them sticking with another on another team's 25-man roster for the whole year. But I think the fact that they ended up putting him on their, on their 40-man roster just kind of speaks to the upside that they see in him. Uh, so he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. But in terms of the guys who weren't protected that could potentially be selected by other teams, um, I think one guy is a pitcher named Luis Pena, who um, I think it reached double a this past year um and i think he could be someone who could potentially be seen as kind of a bullpen piece um so he's someone that the angels could potentially you know end up losing in this Rule five draft another guy who was actually really surprised that was not put on the angels for demand roster is jared walsh who's this first baseman slash outfielder that billy Uppler had actually kind of mentioned as you know a player that he saw being able to contribute to the team next year and he's not ranked you know among the angels top 30 prospects uh You know, but I think that he has built quite a reputation for himself within the Angels system. So I was actually surprised that the Angels didn't move to protect him. But, you know, maybe the the Angels think that some other teams will pass on him. So I'm curious to see how, you know, how the Rule 5 draft doesn't go down, whether the Angels gamble to not protect him as a paying off.
0: Yeah. That rule five draft is, um, it's, it's pretty interesting because there's a lot of research that goes into this and, uh, it's not just a, Oh, we'll take a flyer on a guy. I mean, there's so much preparation that goes into this. Um, and of course, you know, we, we see the results later. I mean, most of these rule five guys are offered back to their teams, but there are a couple success stories out there. David Ortiz, of course was a rule five draft pick. Johan Santana was a rule five draft pick. So there are some diamonds in the rough out there to be, to be had. Um, one, one other, uh, uh, not roster, but coaching, coaching roster, uh, addition that they made Sean Wooden is the new assistant hitting coach. Of course, he played for the world champion 2002 uh, at that time, Anaheim angels. So what can you tell us about him?
1: Yeah. So Wooden is, I guess the, the angels have completely, uh, turned over on their, in terms of the, their hitting coaches. Cause, um, they also promoted uh, Jeremy Reed a couple weeks ago. So Sean Wooden now kind of joins him on the major league staff. Um, so these are guys who were already working within the Angels minor league system and as kind of like hitting coordinators. And now they've been promoted onto up, up the major league staff with Brad Ausmus. So I think it just kind of speaks well to, you know, the, the kind of hitting philosophy that they brought to the organization. Um, they were two guys who kind of worked with Cole Calhoun when he was really struggling and kind of helped him uh, revamped his batting stance um, and really were able to turn around his season after a really horrendous start. Um, so I think that, that that's just kind of one example of, of the work that they were able to do this season. So I think that there's probably a lot of, you know, really positive uh, elements that they can bring to the to the major league staff. So um, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't really surprised to see him kind of elevated and join Jeremy Reed on the staff. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to kind of bring some of the tenets that they kind of try to instill in the minor league system onto
0: the major league system. So let's end our conversation, Maria, by addressing some really fun rumors out there. Um, Not even rumors at this point, but, um, so, uh, you say Kikuchi who is a left-handed pitcher currently pitching, um, over in Japan. And it, it is widely understood that his team, the Seibu Lions will be posting him soon and that he is interested in coming over to the United States to play in major league baseball. Um, So that's all well and good. He was spotted the other day wearing uh, an an Anaheim Ducks jersey at a Ducks game. Um, So, of course, let the speculation begin because, of course, the Angels have the uh, Shohei Ohtani who who picked them as the team that he wanted to play for. So uh, what can we let's look into this a little bit. What do you think? Why do you think he was out in public wearing a Ducks jersey like that?
1: Well, there's actually another, I think, wrinkle to this, which is that uh, Yusei Kikuchi and Shohei Otani attended the same high school. So there's another... Oh, boy. Um, So, yeah, perhaps they're kind of trying to set, you know, give some hints (laughs) that this reunion could be happening in Anaheim. But, um, yeah, it's actually, like, pretty funny. Um, I, you know, I I actually wouldn't be surprised if the Angels kind of targeted him. You know, he makes sense as kind of, uh, you know, he, the Angels are obviously in the market for pitching, and he's someone who can offer that. He's obviously had a lot of success in Japan, and I think that the Angels' handling of Otani probably gives them a little bit more credibility with kind of Japanese players who are interested in making the jump to the majors. You know, I always think that playing for the Angels is actually pretty, you know, it's a good it's a good destination for players in terms that, you know, it's kind of in the LA area. It's in Orange County. It's quite nice, and, you know, they're near LAX, which has a lot of direct flights to Japan. So I could see how, you know, it it would be attractive to, to Japanese players. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, this is kind of interesting. Um, You know, it's, it's fun to speculate at this point in the off season and, you know, maybe he's just a huge Ducks fan, but, you know, maybe there's, there's something else there.
0: (laughs) Well, as our Michael Clare, who is our uh, one of our main cut four writers, he did point out that, you know, Scott Boris is his agent um, (laughs) uh, or an agent, we'll say. And he, of course, his offices are in Newport Beach. So, yeah, I mean, it it just seems like that was a pretty humorously bold move to wear a jersey like that um out in public and uh and i think it's great because i think it'd be very cool i think it'd be cool if the angels were able to sign him of course everybody needs to understand this is a totally different situation from otani that the posting system is more complicated the dollars that we're talking about are much larger um and so it's really going to be a bidding war and uh who knows maybe the angels will be in it so we will keep our eye
1: on that for the record I think we asked Epler about his interest in Kikuchi at the GM meetings and he kind of was rather mum about it, which is kind of his style. So, you know, nothing much could be gleaned from there, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some interest.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, it's one of many things that we're going to be, uh, keeping our eyes and ears peeled to as this offseason continues. So thanks to everybody for listening to MLB extras, the angels edition and Maria, thank you. And we will talk to you next week.